From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It's Friday, March 1st, 2024. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Kate Burdett. The National Weather Service confirms a sixth tornado touched down in Ohio on Wednesday. The Pittsburgh office says an EF2 tornado hit Monroe County on the state's eastern border with West Virginia. Like the other five, which hit in an area from just east of Dayton to just east of Columbus, no injuries were reported. In southwest Ohio, a 24-year-old man from Hillsborough has been sentenced to more than six years in prison for attempting to conduct a mass shooting of women. Trey Jenko admitted he plotted to commit a hate crime, namely a plan to shoot women at Ohio State University. He was arrested by federal agents in July of 2021 and has remained in custody since. The family of Stone Foltz, a Bowling Green State University student from Delaware County who died after a fraternity hazing incident three years ago, is now involved in a civil trial stemming from his death. The final defendant in the case, Dalen Dunson, served as president of the university's Pi Kappa Alpha chapter when Foltz died. Dunson previously pled guilty to reckless homicide and hazing charges. During testimony, Foltz's mother shared the promise she made to her son when he was in the intensive care unit. I told him I would do everything until I die to help save lives and get his story out there and his message. I'm trying to keep that promise to him. Foltz's parents are seeking $225 million in damages from Dunson. The family has also been active in spearheading legislation to crack down on hazing. This week, a Franklin County grand jury indicted 48-year-old Pammy May on charges of aggravated murder, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse in the death of 5-year-old Darnell Taylor. On February 14th, there was an Amber Alert for Darnell after May's husband called 911, worried for the child's safety. Columbus police found Darnell's body in a sewer drain just miles from his home two days later. Police in Northeast Ohio took May into custody that same day. Carly Dion is a reporter with ONN affiliate WBNS 10TV in Columbus. She conducted an exclusive interview with three of Darnell's biological relatives just before the tragic outcome of his disappearance was revealed. And she sat down with me for a deeper look at this story. Carly, that moment when Darnell's grandfather looks at the camera and pleads for the child's return, that was hard to watch. You know, even talking about it now, I just got chills all over again Mm. because, you know, at the start before I started um, asking questions, he said to me, are you going to ask me, you know, what I would say to Pammy? And I said, well, I was planning on it. Eventually, you know, we'll get to that point in the interview. But when he asked me that first, you know, it just struck me like they so badly just want to get in contact with her because I think they truly in their hearts felt they could get through to her if they could just talk to her. Mm. And I think that's why they did the interview. And so when I asked that question, he just went to a different space. And, you know, my eyes were watering as he was just pleading for her to bring Darnell back and, you know, saying, it's Darnell, you love him. You could just see the emotion on full display there. What can you tell me about that day when you interviewed Darnell Taylor's relatives? So I first spoke with Darnell's aunt, and that's who was really my point of contact to set up the interview. And, you know, she was very sweet on the phone and agreed to chat with us. I didn't really know what I was walking into when I got there. And that's the case we find a lot with interviews that we kind of just go and see what happens. And so when I got there, she came outside and we were chatting just a bit. And then um, Anthony Baines and Tawanda Baines, um, Darnell's grandparents, they came outside And Anthony said, you know, 
we'd like to talk as well. And he said, so come on in. Wow. And so he invited us into their home. And as soon as we walk into the living room, we see all these pictures on the wall of their family and pictures of Darnell when he was little. And you could tell it was just a very warm and welcoming home. In the interview, the grandparents actually revealed what the circumstances were a little bit of why Darnell was given with legal custody to Pammy May, the woman now under arrest for his murder. What kind of information did they share that maybe didn't make it to the story on on TV about why that happened? So basically, um, what they were both trying to explain to me is that Darnell had a bit of a temper. And, you know, he could get really upset or really angry at times. And as his grandparents, you know, they were a bit older and it was too much for them to take care of him. And it was, you know, they had... There are other um, kids with them as well as their grandkids, and I think they just had a lot going on, and they couldn't really give him the attention that he needed. And they had told me that Pammy and her husband, um, you know, were lifelong friends of theirs practically. They were in their wedding, very, very close with them. They were at all the holidays, birthdays, cookouts, whatever it was, they were there. So Pammy was someone who they very much trusted to um, take care of Darnell. Did they indicate that there was ever a clue that there was something wrong. They did indicate in the interview that they'd had some trouble in recent months making contact with Pammy, right? Right. So the weird thing was, you know, they never for one second thought this could ever happen with Pammy, you know, her being as close as she was to the family. But then not long after Pammy got custody of Darnell, she just stopped coming around. And, you know, they would reach out. They called her. She wasn't answering their calls. They even went to their home multiple times. And whether or not they were there, you know, no one answered the door. And so um, they said it was getting to the point of, you know, taking legal action with the courts. Um, but pretty much they just they had kept trying. And with no luck, they weren't sure why she wasn't really communicating with them anymore. Pammy May's bond is set at $4 million. In Northeast Ohio, the new 436 area code goes into effect for new phone numbers today. Counties that will be impacted include Ashtabula, Lorraine, Geauga, and part of Cuyahoga. And Ohio is celebrating its 221st birthday today. On March 1st of 1803, Ohio conducted official business for the first time in Chillicothe, the state's first capital, before it moved to Zanesville and eventually Columbus. Special thanks to our television affiliates, WBNS in Columbus, WKYC in Cleveland, and WTOL in Toledo for their contributions to this podcast. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.